0: Rise and shine, Mr. Freeman, rise and shine.
1: Welcome to the second episode of Mouse and Joystick. Today is Friday, April 29th, and I am your host, Kyle. Joining me are my two co-hosts, Noah and Michael. How are you guys doing tonight?
2: Doing pretty
3: well.
1: Yeah, so it's it's been a whole month since we've recorded, and I'm excited to be back into this. Uh, has anything really new or exciting happened to you guys lately?
3: Um...
2: Other than playing a lot of Dark Souls three, not really.
1: That, that's a good thing to keep yourself busy with. Uh, I, I've myself been busy with a lot of school and whatnot, but uh, like recently, leaving my job for various reasons. So I'm going to be playing lots of games after this. So I'm I'm really excited about that little vacation, you could say. But uh, let's not diddle dally too long. Let's go ahead and jump right into. The uh, the first bit of discussion we have here, which is all the news that happened in April. I felt like it started off really slow, but then like halfway through the month, there's a whole bunch of stuff happened. Like a whole bunch of uh, release dates were announced. A whole bunch of rumors and speculation about new PlayStations were happening. But um, But yeah, like a lot of release dates happened. And the first of that that really caught my eye was the announcement of a little game called hand of fate 2 which i don't know if you guys played the first hand of fate but it was like the way i I would describe the hand of fate was it was like a randomly generated dungeon rpg kind of fighter where outside of the dungeons you were actually playing like a card game against this this uh, this dealer and you'd get cards which were the cards would turn into the items you'd use to the dungeon and then the card dealer would play cards, which would turn into the monsters of the dungeon. So it, it had this kind of weird hybrid kind of thing going on with it. But um, yeah, that's going to be coming out. I think it's supposed to be later this year or next year. It's a, it was a smaller game. I think it was only $15 or so when it came out. So it's a, a small thing to look it looks forward it,
2: to. Looks interesting. Definitely a new take on the whole dungeon crawler uh, type of game. And uh, I would definitely take a look at it. Did not play the first one. Maybe I'll take a look at that one too.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to go back and check out the first one sometime. Since you could probably pick it up for $5 or less on a Steam sale whenever. Yeah. Not, a, not a bad investment. But uh, other big renowned state news includes the announcement that Gears of War 4 will be coming out on October 11th of this year. And they still haven't officially confirmed the PC version, but it's likely to happen, maybe at launch or later on.
2: I am excited for this game, but also not at the same time. Only the only reason why I'm not is for story reasons. I like the way. I mean, I didn't like it because I didn't like that Dom died in the third one. Sorry for the spoiler, spoiler but the spoiler. game's been up for a while. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a long time. Um, but I don't know. I I didn't. I thought the game ended. The series ended pretty nice uh, with like a clean close, and they were like, "Yeah, we're done." And I thought that's better than most games get, but now they're opening it up again and I will see how it goes. I hope it's good just because I love this series, but we'll see.
1: My biggest issue with this is that after Gears of War 3, Epic Games said they were done with the series and that they were going to move on to other things. Uh, One of those being Paragon that we've been playing a lot and like, but... Then like they had a development studio come in and they tried it. they took over the three years and I think the first Gears of War game they made was Gears of War Judgment, which was a like prequel spin-off to the Gears of War series. And I don't think that was ever very popular. I don't remember what the fan reception of that was, but for me, I never found it really interesting. So that was actually a Gears of War game I never bothered checking out.
2: Me either. I uh did not happened to like i wanted to i thought about it but i was like i like i like i like the characters um yeah i I like
1: like, uh yeah colin bard or baird whatever his name was but the fact but it was too much of a change they went back and did a prequel and it was a new developer and it just felt like no the gears of war ended gears of war ended at three for me Maybe four would be interesting because they have the this thing where you're playing as the son of Marcus Phoenix, the main character from the original trilogy. I don't know how that's gonna work or if he's gonna be any more exciting than Marcus Phoenix. Since I mean, to be honest, Marcus Phoenix was kind of a dull character who's just there to be super manly with a gravelly voice.
2: <laughs> um, that's a pretty accurate description.
1: I mean, I still enjoyed him despite the fact that he was literally just this super macho man stereotype.
2: Hey, what do you expect? They were fighting, like, giant <laughs> lizard things. And, I mean, at one point, I think it was Gears of War 2, you were inside a giant worm that you were cutting yourself out of with your chainsaw gun.
1: Oh my god, I remember <laughs> that. That was a great scene.
2: <laughs> so much blood. So That's basically much how you do describe the series. It's like the so it's, much
1: the red filter on my TV will never be the same. <laughs> um. Let's see, another interesting announcement was that there's an Attack on Titan video game coming out on August 30th of this year. I honestly yeah. don't know what to expect of this game. Uh, it's a Japanese developer called Koei Tecmo. I there's an American branch, but I don't think they're the ones working. I think it's the uh, Japanese studio that's working on this. But um, I think we've all
2: seen the TV show, haven't we?
1: I've, I've seen it, yes.
2: Okay. I was gonna say, if we if you haven't, and you haven't heard about it, I don't, I don't know if you'll understand too much.
1: Oh yeah, like definitely um, go watch the TV show or read the manga, whichever version you prefer, but... The, the, I don't know if I like the way the video game looks. It looks a little dated, not, it doesn't look like it's ready for next-gen hardware, and... The gameplay looks like you're just flying around hitting the backs of the Titans, and I... I, I hope there's more to it than just that because I feel like it get really repetitive after a while if you're just flying around and hitting the hitting the back of their necks over and over and over again.
2: I mean, and it'd be accurate if you're playing as Levi, but you're playing as Aaron, and Aaron didn't do too much Titan killing in his like human form.
1: No, no, you did not. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm gonna keep my eye on it just because I do like the source material a lot. So I have I have hopes for it. But then again, I don't. if it failed, I wouldn't be surprised at all and if it's co- if it's good, then that's uh that's cool.
3: But is
2: it gonna be re- um, um, released like Japan it, or here?
1: It's coming to America on August 30th for PlayStation 4, Xbox one, PS3, PS Vita and PC. Wow. It's kind of interesting that there's a piece, there's a Vita and a PS3 release planned.
2: I haven't seen a game released on PS3 in a while.
1: It's like I guess they're still making that. So making PS3 I didn't games. know.
2: I thought they discontinued the PS3 and Xbox 360, like making new games for a while ago. But
1: I think they announced just recently that they're done making Xbox 360 consoles. That has ceased. I don't know. I. I guess there's some can PS3s though, but uh, just because it's a versatile system. Like at worst, it's a Blu-ray player that you can use, so there's never wrong with that. Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> expensive Blu-ray player.
1: It's an expensive Blu-ray player now, even though back way, like way back when the PlayStation 3 first came out, despite the fact it was a $700 console, it was still the cheapest way to get a Blu-ray player in your house. <laughs> and that's why people were buying it like crazy, just because you could buy a $700. PS3 that played Blu-rays, or you could just go out and buy an extra Blu-ray player for like $1,000. Wow. Yeah. Technology was crazy back then. I didn't yeah.
2: know anything about PS3 back then. I only had a 360. So, But I am, I'm, t- I'm contemplating picking up a PS3 just to play all the exclusives for it, what that have been developed over the years.
1: My biggest regret was when I had a PS3, I never played Demon Souls. Really? I never got around to playing because I wasn't into the, the Souls series back then so I mm-hmm. I got it I played through a lot of the exclusives that existed back then which was like Metal Gear Solid 4 and The Last of Us and the Uncharted series and stuff like that and then I Not sold it and I realized only recently that I missed one of the best exclusives because I wasn't into the series at the time oh well we all have our regrets <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another release date that some are going to find interesting is that there is a third Mafia game coming out on October 7th of this year. And it even featured a release trailer. That was that was pretty good. I liked the trailer. Uh, I
2: have uh, seen this in commercials on YouTube lately. Yeah, and
1: it's, it's taking place in... Uh, let's see. I don't remember when it was taking place. I want to say it's like, what, New Orleans area? Or... Maybe maybe I'm getting that wrong. I can't remember. I'm
2: not sure. I never looked up the city it was supposed to be in.
1: Yeah, it looks like there's Um, actually this, uh, like... uh, I don't know how to describe it. Like, this race war going on in this one. Which, that sounds more like a Grand Theft Auto thing than a, a Mafia thing, but it looks compelling to me.
2: Well, back then, it was a Mafia thing true yeah because but yeah i there's a picture of a newspaper from the game and it says new bordeaux uh louisiana so i'm guessing that okay. means new orleans All just because right. i can't use the names but yeah that's a and uh that's a both segment. are french
1: so. i don't rec- i don't remember too many games being set in like the new orleans area
2: i don't think i've heard of any besides this one
1: i'm gonna keep my eyes on this one I never got around to playing the previous mafias, but I know they're usually pretty well respected. I do I do I like played, I like open world games, so it's something that would probably scratch an itch I have.
2: I played the second one and I loved it. Um because yeah, it's open world and it was like Grand Theft Auto, but not as um I guess gruesome. And you could uh it was a little I more fun. Yeah, it was more fun and less vulgar, and it, but it was also uh, set in the '40s with Tommy guns and all that, and the old cars, and I just love that. So
0: I love history too. Game, was it short? Yeah, it was. Oh yeah, it I was short. Kind of a weird open world where, like, as the storyline progressed, the open world changed, kind of certain things. That's interesting. And it's like after you, beat, after you beat the game, I don't think you're allowed to go back into it.
2: Not sure. I don't remember. But it's I like remember
0: beating it, and it kept on putting me back until I'm weird. Yeah,
2: it's like uh, in Grand Theft Auto when your the bridges are closed to the different um, sections of the city at the early part of the game. Oh, but it does. But up- it's like more often. But Yeah, it's like opposite, Um, but for late game, it's weird how, and also um, weather changes as you progress through the story, it'll change through the times of year, and I remember one point it being winter, and like, there was a lot of things different about the city during the winter, and like Noah said, there were parts of the city you couldn't get to anymore.
1: Wait, there there was actually a part of the game where it's like wintertime? Yeah, there was. I love going through wintery areas in games. Even though I despise the snow in real life,
2: it it did it pretty well. The game did. Um, I'm not. I don't remember if it affected cars as much as it should, but I'm not.
1: Uh, it's it's a minor detail. Yeah. If, if they miss that, it's fine. But that's yeah. that's something I might have to go back and check out as well. Uh, yet, even more news about game releases was the fact that Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Actually, got delayed. It Got pushed back from its original May sixth release date to uh, June seventh. Yeah, so that's a couple months. But um, I think they're also they're having a, like an open beta for it right now, so people are in there play testing the game. And I'm sure once it actually releases, it will be fine. It hasn't been getting too great of reviews from the fan base, though. Has it? I haven't been paying attention to it too much.
0: They, what they changed from this one is the old one was kind of more linear and then you had the freedom within that to, you know, deviate yeah, a little yeah. bit. But now, now it's open world, quote-unquote.
1: You would think that would lend to it more than a linear path, but I guess not.
0: Yeah, um, I know I some people have been saying how up with the uh, online play, the experience system said uh, it locks half of the parkour parkour moves that you get at the beginning of the game in the previous titles are behind like a experience system and you have to unlock Mm-mm. different moves.
1: Mm-mm. I understand it, I understand that they want to like increase the amount of time it takes to get through the game, for, you know, lot more gameplay, but locking stuff like that behind an experience well, it just bugs me even though I'm a big, I'm a big RPG fan. And I'm all about that progression. But when it's something as simple as that, it kind of annoys me. Like it prohibits your ability to get through the world.
0: Right. And a, a big part of this game is like speed running and a lot of the, the hardcore moves you need to do well. So you have to, uh, obviously it'll allow newbies to actually get a feel for the game and not just jump into it with all these new mechanics, still you know, use the basics and work their way up. But for experienced players, I can see it being annoying how to farm your way up where you're used to just having it all at the beginning.
1: I wasn't actually too crazy about the first one. So I'm unsure if I will actually check out this one or not. I guess we'll have to see how the reviews are for it later in June. Uh, another announcement is that the Survival game 7 Days to Die is going to be coming to Xbox One. Now, I haven't actually played 7 Days to Die. I've only heard generally pretty good things about it. But I kind of got burnt out on these, uh, these early access survival games. So this is something I, I missed. But apparently it's one of the most in-depth ones that's out there right now. I don't really know too much about it. Besides that, have have you guys heard anything about it?
3: I haven't, I haven't played it at all. I have
2: not. Um, actually, heard about it before we talked about it until watching um, some YouTube videos and the the uh, commercial was on a lot. So I checked it out. I will, I watched the entire thing and went to uh, watch a, a couple videos on it. I still am not entirely sure. How much different it is compared I've heard- to other survival games. It does look more in depth, but
1: I heard there's actually a pretty good level of realism into it. And uh, this one story I heard from someone was that they they had like a house that they built, and underneath it they created these, this tunnel system that they were using to mine stuff. You know, kind of how you would in Minecraft, for example. But they actually, while they were down there digging, they actually were able to. Dig in a way that caused all the tunnels to collapse, which then create a sinkhole and the whole house fell in and broke apart. So, wow. like the fact that that's the kind of thing that's in this game was kind of amazing to me because you don't see too many games that use utilize like terrain physics in a way like that. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. I think it's uh relatively inexpensive. Like I think it's one of those early access survival games you can get a PC for like. Fifteen dollars or less, so I think you'll be able to get it for relatively inexpensive on uh, Xbox as well. Don't quote me on that though; it's just a uh, speculation. <laughs> uh, not necessarily a release date announcement, but this is more of just like teasing. Is the fact that uh there was a little teaser trailer for Titanfall Two? Peggy sixteen, and it doesn't really show much except for the fact that. Titans are still in the game. There's escape pods and Titans have swords. Interesting. (laughs) Sounds pretty cool to me though. I mean
2: Yeah. I I did check out the first Titanfall for a little bit. Yeah. I was a little upset it was only multiplayer. The multiplayer was good, but then as soon as it came out, it was weird because Call of Duty and like I think there was another game came out that all incorporated like jetpacks and mechs and crap, and probably was. I don't yeah. know we all just got sort of overwhelmed with all the future, yeah. And like, it was
1: when Titanfall was announced, people were like, Holy crap, there's like mechs and jetpacks in this game, we have to do it too. And when Titanfall came out, it did that and it did pretty well. But like the fact that then immediately after that, everyone else was doing it, was it kind of diluted how special it was in the first place. And uh, one of the concerns you had was that there was no single player for the first one, which it's a valid concern. Like For those that want to really get involved in the world and find out why they're fighting this fight, that wasn't there for them. But now, as far as I am under, as far as I can understand, there is going to be a single player campaign for the second Titanfall. I'm um,
3: looking
2: forward to that. I will probably check it out. I don't know if I'm going a- to
1: actually going to buy it or not. We'll have to see, man. But like, I will... uh, they're going to do a gameplay trailer uh, at on June 12th, which is uh, during EA's like E3 presentation or whatever they're doing now. I think they're doing their own separate thing, but it's the same week. we we'll have to see. Like, there's a, There's a lot of shooters coming out this year and okay. early next year, so if they can drift, differentiate themselves from the others, then that's good for them. I, I hope they do. I hope so. Um, Let's see here. Not all news is good. There's uh, some sad news for those that like the free-to-play game Noskov. It's apparently going away. Its final days are upon it. Uh, at the end of May, like May 31st, the game is shutting down. And all those that I I believe you could, like, buy into a more premium version of it, but those that paid for it will begin refunds. It's kind of a shame, because it it had a pretty cool premise. It was like a free-to-play, like, hunters versus vampires kind of multiplayer game. I think it was a part of the Legacy of Cain franchise, which is something I'm not familiar with. It's unfortunately one of those things I missed when I was younger. But, um... Yeah, if you are a fan of that game, let us know. I'd I'd like to hear someone's opinion on that. That's was actually following it. Uh, another interesting bit of news came from Ge- uh, Gearbox in an interview with the what's his is the CEO. See what it is from Randy Pitchford. He said that Borderlands Three is almost certainly going to happen, and it will probably be the next game that Gearbox releases after Battleborn. So I guess it's kind of fitting that they go from a game that feels like Borderlands but isn't to a game that is Borderlands.
0: Borderlands MMO to another Borderlands? Like the Borderlands
1: MOBA multiplayer game to the actual Borderlands. And it's it's, it's expected to come out late 2017 or early 2018.
0: I'm not not entirely a huge fan of the Borderlands series. Um. I... I didn't like the first one a whole lot,
1: although the second one was a lot better in my opinion. I actually did enjoy that one. I just don't know if I'd be down for a third one because they, they didn't really change a whole lot from the first one and the second one. They basically released the second one to fix the problems of the first one. So maybe now that they have a little more experience of other stuff under their belt, they'll do something different with it, but I'm not convinced. Gearbox has been very hit or miss. Mostly misses in my opinion. <laughs>
2: I uh I I loved the Borderlands series. Uh they the games were just in, i don't know, like a break from all the other shooters. And it's just like they're not as serious, but they're also like they can be just as hard and it's really fun. Um
1: yeah, Borderlands co op is one of the best things ever.
2: I oh enjoy, yeah. I enjoy both of those games
1: co op. <laughs>
2: the leveling up system is Interesting. The story, the storyline in the second one is very good. Um, the games are take take a lot to beat, like a lot of time, I guess, more time than most other
1: shooters. I think it took um, me like forty hours to get through Borderlands Two. It's really long yeah. for a shooter.
2: They're more like RPGs than shooters. I'm, I, yeah, I would you're, say you're not rolling with the skill trees and everything and there's so many different ways to build your character. Um I did I heard I've not played but I heard that not the greatest things about their um their spin-off things that they've done since Borderlands 2. Like they did something almost like a Telltale Games type thing.
1: Okay, yeah, there was yeah. uh there was a Borderlands pre-sequel, which was met generally unfavorably because it literally was just a like, copy and paste of borderlands 2 with less interesting quests and less interesting bosses and then telltale games did a borderlands game of their own called tales from the borderlands which in my opinion was actually a very good game and i would recommend it to those that like telltale games it was funny it had good characters if they can make a borderlands 3 that incorporates the characters from the first two games as well as characters from tales from the borderlands I'll probably be on board with it but it's all going to say because right now they're doing uh, the Battleborn game and I was not a big fan of that which we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later doing a beta impression of that but uh, another thing that a lot of people are not too crazy about and some people are actually huge fans of are the Five Nights at Freddy's games. They're, these things are massive on the YouTubes. <laughs> uh, um, chances are you've probably seen a PewDiePie or a Markiplier play a Five Nights at Freddy's game. And uh, just recently, the uh, the creator of Scott, announced a spinoff series or whatever it is. I don't really know. It's called uh, Five Nights at Freddy's Sister Location with the There's a little thing on earth that says that there was never just one. So it kind of confirms people's suspicions that the series has just grown so big that it's never going to (laughs) end. If you're one of those people that hated it because it was popular and just wanted to die, I'm sorry to say it, but it's here to stay until kids stop clicking on Markiplier's YouTube videos. And I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon.
0: I didn't really ever see any appeal to it. Um.
1: I legitimately liked the first one. It was a simple game that, even though you knew there was a scare coming, it would still get you, and that was cool. How they, like they they played with your the way you anticipated events to create a game that was pretty scary actually, and it was it was entertaining to watch other people do it. Like I don't watch these YouTube playing scary games all the time, but every once in a while, some upon one, and it's a good laugh for me. So I'm glad that the Scott guy found his niche and he's exploiting it for what he can now, while it's still a relevant thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, everybody, Markiplier and PewDiePie are probably the two biggest, I guess, Let's players, and they, uh, they they've all—I'm pretty sure—they've played every single Five Nights at Freddy's that has come out.
1: I know Markiplier gets okay. really into it like he whenever one comes out his goal is to 100% it which includes all the bonus challenge modes which are insanely difficult. There's something I would never be able to do.
2: Uh, Markiplier is awesome. So, I mean I I think that it's the these games are definitely um they are new like j- I don't know about genre because horror games have always been around but like Games that are specifically designed for like people to watch other people play,
1: yeah, or like so it was like the birth of games designed for YouTubers or live streamers. It was really weird, but kind of cool to see.
2: It's just I, I think it's gonna get bigger and bigger. That type. I don't know where exactly the genre is gonna go in the future. Maybe like, not necessarily just for horror. Maybe it's gonna get even broader into, uh, new, um, new, uh, like,
1: I, kn- I don't know, like know, action, maybe. I know there was a, a platforming game that came out sometime last year. I don't remember the name of it, but way, the way it worked was if you were live streaming it on Twitch, it would actually receive input from your chat. And depending on what the chat was typing, it would change the way the level was designed and chat could input commands to throw new uh, obstacles at you or make it easier, like, give you power-ups and stuff, depending on how you were doing. So that's kind of something that goes in what you are saying, how there's, like, this whole new series of games that are coming out there, like, designed to be watched and not necessarily designed to play for, for, for the masses, right? For the few.
2: Yeah, and I think that... That's going to be awesome, and especially in the future as virtual reality is going to start getting more and more popular, it's going to be just awesome to watch. Because I know most of us aren't going to be able to afford a virtual reality helmet or whatever they're called because they're expensive. But being able to watch someone play virtual reality is probably just as good, especially if you don't want to play a virtual reality horror game, which sounds terrifying. So
1: (laughs) Yeah. I will. I, I think I will get one, whether it's going to be one of the good ones, like the Vive, or just one of the entry ones, like the PlayStation one is to be seen. But I really do want to experience it. I think it's going to be really neat when it, the technology really takes full swing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, after I get my Pascal, then I'm going <laughs> to be lying for the VR.
1: There you go. You got to get the hardware first. Uh, another news. This is relatively minor. Uh, for those that own a PlayStation 4, in uh, update 3.5, one of the new features they implemented was that you can now like stream the PlayStation games to a computer. So if that's something that was really appealing to you, because I know that was a big selling point for the Xbox, that was made available to PlayStation owners as well. I don't really know how good it is because there's usually a bit of a input delay when you're doing it that way. So I never really found the appeal of it, but it's cool for those that like options.
0: Uh, fun fact, my friend, his brother played uh, his PlayStation at his work while his PlayStation was at home. So it does work that distance. Don't know what game he was playing. So don't know how bad the latency was. That's but impressive. It is
1: possible. I, I'd never play Bloodborne that way, but maybe something else would work.
0: <laughs> I was questioning it at first, but then he said it was legit. So I was like, okay.
1: It's pretty cool. I might have to try it sometime just uh, to see what kind of limits you can push with it. Uh, In uh, in other PlayStation news, though, the rumored PlayStation 4.5 has actually been given more information, more concrete information. According to Giant Bomb, the upgraded PlayStation 4 is codenamed NEO, N-E-O, like the character from the Matrix, and it, it contains upgraded CPU, GPU, and RAM. They even have a little chart here to kind of Compare the stats of the original PlayStation Four and the Neo PlayStation. Uh, generally, for the most part, the upgrades aren't as big as I was actually expecting. Maybe like a twenty-five percent increase across the board.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't see this being able to support a four K platform. But
1: it, it's, it's not going to support four K gaming. Like maybe four K video. But for me. When I'm gaming, frame rate's the big one. So if they can just take this improvement here, get that 1080p quality that they actually advertised when the consoles were first coming out, and keep them at a steady frame rate, I'd be happy. Because as it is right now, these games start coming out like they're supposed to be 1080p, like that's the standard, but they're just not cutting it. They're they're undercutting. They're going to 720 or 900p, and even then, like the frame rate's a little rocky, like. It's supposed to be 30, but it dips down to, like, 25 or even 20 for some games, which, in my opinion, is pretty unacceptable.
0: Yeah. That's why it's noticeable.
1: Right. I just hope that with this technology, they're just like, we're going to actually have 10 AP gaming at 30 frames per second, even though it should be 60. Let's shoot for 30 and keep it steady enough. That's what I want to hope. That's what I hope for the Neo. So for those that want to get a PlayStation four, I'd maybe consider waiting for the Neo to see how that turns out though. So I think the rumor there is it's going to be 100, like a hundred dollars more expensive.
0: If they had settled on the price point yet.
1: We'll have to see, I know they're actively talking to developers and distributors for more information on how to handle the Neo launch, but they did say there will not be any exclusives to the Neo. Everything that works on the Neo will also work on the PlayStation 4. I'm just worried that if they do that, the PlayStation 4 versions will well, they'll be the same version, but like if you run the same game on the PlayStation 4, it'll be like 15 frames per second cuz it's designed for the Neo or whatever, that that'd be pretty bad.
2: Yeah. I'm just hoping that the normal PS4 price goes down when this comes out.
1: I would imagine they have to. I don't think if they sell this at 300, uh, they sell like the original 300 and the Neo at 400, that it would actually sell Neos.
0: Yeah, extra $100 for a 25% that increase. You should go
1: like lower the original to 250 or 200 and then maybe sell the Neos at two, at like 300. But we'll have to see. I'm not really an expert when it comes to pricing structures, so we'll have to see what they do with their own products. Um, another bit of news is that the publisher Codemasters basically bought out Evolution Studios, who were known for the, was it the Dirt series, as well as the, no, they did, okay, they did Grid, Dirt, Drive Club, and Motorstorm, all very popular racing games for the most part, like... They're not the Gran Turismo's or the Forza's, but these were pretty cover games for the most part.
0: I loved the Dirt series, personally.
1: Is that the one where you, like, ride quads or something, or is that... No, you, it's, you it's were doing, a like... Rally. Um, rally rally cars. Yeah. So, um... These people will still be making games, and it'll probably be multi-platform now. Because I know Drive Club was a PlayStation exclusive. I don't know about Grid or Mortar Storm, but... They will be continuing making games, Like maybe they'll do something new, maybe they'll just keep doing what they're doing, uh, we'll have to see. It's always nice to see developers find a home. Speaking of developers finding a home, uh, this is probably the most interesting I've read all month, was that GameStop is expanding and launching its own publishing division, and it's going to include games from Ready at Dawn, Insomniac, frozen bite and tequila works
2: i think this is an interesting way for gamestop to not like get shut down basically because as we are now able to buy games like directly from your ps4 or your xbox one like online without ever having to visit gamestop anymore um they were i'm not for sure but i'm guessing they were probably having problems oh yeah ever since
1: uh, the digital distribution market boomed gamestop had been hurting and that's why a couple years ago they actually like rebranded from just a gaming store to a nerd store and they actually sell like figurines and general nerd merchandise in their store to try to appeal to that crowd like i think they have shirts and stuff in there now
2: Yes, I have noticed that I don't go in there often cuz like I said I can just buy all my games online now. But the last cheaper. couple of times I've been in there, they do have it, those types of things, although they are <laughs> very expensive and it I have be been nice. Yeah, I've been to places where it's cheaper and I know um their shirts and stuff are super expensive, but they do have those um The statues that can that come with some like exclusive versions of uh, yeah, they come with the games for um like exclusive pre-orders. They do have those sometimes for like a lot of money, but they do have those for sale. And I know I've seen like uh, I I think I've seen like a uh, Master Chief helmet there and stuff. It's interesting the way they're still trying to. Stay afloat, and I think if they actually are have success with uh, these studios, it w- it could either be really good or really bad, um, because they might like force you to go to GameStop for okay. certain things. That's and I mean, about. if they have a if they have a be- a bigger grasp on things in the future, um, it could be bad. Like, so I feel I like we'll it's
1: almost see. inevitable that the physical versions of these games will be GameStop exclusive. You won't be able to go to Walmart or Best Buy and get them. Might, yeah. You might not be able to order them on Amazon either. Uh hopefully they don't make the digital versions GameStop download exclusives either. Like I don't know because for the most part, I'm looking at the developers that they get and a lot of them were PlayStation developers for the most part. Like I know Ready at Dawn, the Order 1886, and then previously they had worked on like Jack and Dexter, I think, or something like that. Uh, Insomniac has historically been a PlayStation developer, although more recently they've branched out, but they've done like the Wretched and Clank and uh, Resistance series. So these are, these are not small developers by any means. They're pretty big developers in their own way. So I'm kind of excited to see what they do, but I'm a little nervous at the same time. Uh, For those that didn't catch it, the name of the publishing division is Game Trust, which to me is kind of funny because it sounds like GameStop is just trying to force you to trust them when they're what they're doing. (laughs) I don't. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We'll see. I haven't
2: before. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Before we leave this topic, I just want to. Point that I'm wondering if this is gonna make like, like you said, Amazon and people like that sell games too. I wonder if they're gonna do something like this because Amazon is like been going crazy lately with the new type of things they sell and like what they're trying to expand. And I mean, they do something like Netflix to, and Hulu does now, and they have their own like everything. It's gonna. I'm I'm guessing that Amazon is probably gonna try to stay in this race.
1: If I remember correctly, Amazon released their own game engine or something yeah, last they have month. Their own game engine, yeah, like so, the Steam thing. I don't remember what, what it was called, but like I guess if they have that, they could, in theory, like hire their own publishers to u- utilize the engine to make their own games. I guess we'll have to. I guess we'll see. See how they react to this. I mean, I've usually been buying my games through Amazon or someone else like Steam, so I've never had to go through GameStop, but if there's something really interesting, I'll have to consider
2: giving them a little support, see what they're up with. Amazon's just going to take over the world. Amazon's going to take we'll over just... the world. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> uh,
1: so they're one... growing so fast. So one of the biggest games to come out recently was Dark Souls 3. And in an interview, the director, Miyazaki, was asked a couple of questions about the future of Dark Souls. And in it, he uh, a couple of things he said was that there's three large DLCs planned for Dark Souls 3, the first one being out in fall 2016, and then the next two somewhere in like the first half of 2017. But then asked specifically about the future of Dark Souls, he said that they're... Happy for the most part where Dark Souls is and they're going to leave it at where just leave, it, leave it where it's at and start working on new IPs. He said that development of a new IP has actually already begun. So the next From Software game will not be a Demon Souls 2. It will not be a Bloodborne 2. It's going to be something new.
2: Uh... Will be interesting. I know Miyazaki
1: because... has been wanting to do a sci-fi theme- themed game, so that has me excited.
2: His he makes great games, and as a, as much as I, w- I want like a Bloodborne or Dark Souls or Demon Souls too, um, I think that any game that comes from
1: him is definitely going to have a lot of promise. So. He's like Hideo Kojima. I will just kind of follow him around no matter what project he's working on. He has my support.
2: That's me with Naughty Dog.
1: Naughty Dog, (laughs) Dog, if you don't give us The Last of Us 2 at E3, I'm going to be very sad. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of E3, this came a little earlier than I was expecting, but Nintendo released a PDF kind of laying out their plans for the rest of this year and bit of next year and one of the pieces of information on this PDF was that their next console, the Nintendo NX, that's the unofficial name right now, is going to be releasing March of 2017. I thought it was very interesting that they decided to release this information now and not save it for E3 or anything else like that.
2: I'm guessing if they like talked about this now, they have something big planned for E3. Because
1: I um, think they said that the next time they go to a showcase, they're only going to be showcasing the new Zelda game. Which huh. was originally going to be a Wii U exclusive, but now it's going to be Wii U and NX. So they're doing the, the thing with this one that they were doing with the Twilight Princess game, which came out on GameCube and Wii. Uh it's interesting. I've been waiting for Nintendo to come out with a competitive modern gen console, but they haven't done it. They've always been a little bit behind at least since the Wii. I mean, I say that like the Wii was a failure, but no, that was actually a huge success and they found their own niche in the gaming market and they just destroyed everyone else that tried to compete with them. But for a lot of other players who wanted, you know, HD graphics and Home entertainment systems. Nintendo just wasn't offering that to them, so I want to see what they do with this console, and it's kind of exciting because whenever new consoles start rolling around, it's it's just a, an exciting time to be a gamer, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I uh, have not paid too much attention to Nintendo, unfortunately, since the Wii and the personally, uh, when the Wii U came out, I was like. Well, this is just a controller for the Wii, and mm-hmm. I, I wish they would do something more. So, like, if they can keep up, I'm like actually interested. Now, I know the Wii U is not just a controller for the Wii, and it's actually really cool, and I like it. But I don't have.
1: They didn't market it very well. It was too confusing. No. I think a yeah, lot. the most people thought it was just an add-on to the Wii when it was first announced.
2: Yeah, and that's that was the general perspective, um, and. I think that if they can finally come out with something that uh, will uh, compete, I think that would be amazing because Nintendo, like you said, has definitely been behind for a while and they need to be
1: back up there. I really hope they... here's, Here's what I want to see. I love their games. I love Mario. I love Zelda. I love Metroid. I want them to come out... And make a really bold announcement that there would be no Mario games on the new console. Could, could you that just imagine would... the reaction to that? I think there'd be a riot. There would be a riot, but it three. would be like to the hardcore gamer, the one that that group of Nintendo, but fell away for other reasons. They'd look at that and say, "Nintendo is doing something different. They're not just going to look it would... in the past yet again. They're doing something different." I have my, yeah. that, that would get my interest. I love Mario games, but you can do, like, that same kind of platforming game with a new IP. You can do that. It doesn't have to be Mario. You can just do something different.
2: Yeah, it just feels like they've been writing that for way too long. Like, Mario was a a success way back when, when it first started, and there are so many games with his name in it, or just based around him now, and I just, like, I feel like they're saying the like i know they are creative but it's like they're saying they can't be creative enough creative enough to make new characters because they've been holding on to Mario and Zelda and Link for so long like 30 and, years
1: now at this point it's crazy yeah
2: i mean we all love them but yeah i would love to see like just a game just like a Zelda game but with new characters
1: I mean, I'll be honest. I really, really considered getting a Wii U just to play Super Mario Maker. That (laughs) that was going to be like $300 for one game. Yeah, I I I, would too. I had to tell myself not to do it because that's a dumb investment. But the temptation was there because what they do, they do pretty damn well. So I, I hope this new console works out better than the Wii U did for them. Make it another Wii or another GameCube success. Another Nintendo 64 success. Have um, they
2: said anything about VR for Nintendo? Sorry, I've
1: not looked into that. I don't think Nintendo has thrown their hat in that ring yet.
2: Because so. I feel like they were the first ones to do motion control. I feel like they could be really good in VR.
1: Maybe. let we'll to see. That, that sounds like something they would be down for, making like a whole console based around VR. But because I have not heard any, any rumors to that yet, I'm led to believe it's not. I think they're playing on this being more traditional with an actual like standard controller instead of a motion controller or big tablet with a screen on it,
2: hopefully not like the GameCube controller um not that the GameCube controller was the Gamecube weird. controller was kind of was
1: an oddball, weird. but it worked
2: it worked. it was just like that's a lot of buttons and a lot of weird
1: buttons, <laughs> yeah
3: hmm.
1: So one last bit of news, if you can call it news, before we hop into game discussion, is that the uh, the, the upcoming PlayStation Four exclusive Neo N I O H actually has an option where you can choose to lower the resolution of the game in order to increase the frame rate, or lower the frame rate in order to have higher resolution looking game, better
0: textures, you could say. I thought this is kind of an oddball, because it doesn't really fit along with the console kind of mindset. No, like, this
1: is a console game that offers some sort of, of a, I don't know how you
0: describe it. It's like, the one thing I think about with consoles is that you just turn it on and you play a game. It's not like you have to worry about oh, is this compatible with my system? Oh, do I have a, you know, is it the right resolution? Or am I going to drop frame rates? I mean,
1: to be fair, the way they did it was really simplistic. If you go to the options menu, there's really just a toggle between action mode and cinematic mode. Action mode would lower the graphics but increase the frame rate, or cinematic mode would, of course, do the other thing where it increases the prettiness of the game, but the framerate suffers a little bit because of it. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's not as fancy as resolution, but it it's there.
0: What yeah. they're trying to sell it as, but like maybe if it was like a streamer tool or something like that, where you can adjust, you know, how the game looks. Rather it's like, maybe if it was along those lines, rather than like a controllability, because like, I feel like a mindset for a console player is, I'm going to play, put this game in And it's going to play smoothly for me.
1: I think the default is the cinematic mode. To be fair. So it's... For those that want to go in and tweak their settings a little bit more. That have the option to do that. I personally hope this is something that happens more often. Because, like, just for example, when I was playing through Bloodborne. There were a couple moments where the game really stutters. And I end up dying because I'm not able to properly control myself. So (laughs) if I had the option to like lower the graphic settings of the game in order to have it run smoother. I would have 100% done that.
2: Yeah. Even though Bloodborne is beautiful with all of its art it's and a, all It's a beautiful
1: everything game, in but any of the day I want the gameplay to be as good as it can possibly be. Yeah. So I just hope that in the future developers give us options. Don't you don't have to go too extreme. But just give us a simple toggle between like action mode and cinematic mode. I'd be very happy if that became more commonplace.
2: I would be nice, but I also fear that if they do that, then developers might look at it like, oh, we don't have to put as much into the art and stuff, and we don't have to make the game look as good because we can just make it so people want to be like, I want the best frame rate as possible, and I don't I don't care about that. So I don't know. I, I like it when put the details into the game that make it look awesome. So I hope I hope the developers don't like get lazy on their side and keep making the games look really good and even better.
1: Absolutely. Uh, speaking of Neo or however you pronounce that, I actually was able to download the, the alpha demo, whatever you want to call it, and play a little bit of it to test out the frame rate differential they had. Um, it's an interesting game. That's for sure. Uh, the way I would describe it is it's very Dark Souls-like. The, like the way the movement and combat works. But there's even direct copies of it in the sense that whenever you die, you leave behind a, like a currency. I don't remember what it's called in this game, but you would use the currency to level up or buy items and one, well, not? The same way the Souls series works. And there's actually like... You would walk around, there's actually like these swords in the ground. And the, you could go up to the swords to like summon people. This is the way you would summon people in Dark Souls. But like the big difference is it was set in Japan. So I know a lot of people like that Japanese culture. And this is like a Souls-like game in the Japanese culture. But um, the one criticism I have in the game is... I don't know if I was playing it wrong, but everything is a one-hit kill. <laughs> really? Like, you'd walk up to a guy and he'd just swing and kill you one hit. And I don't know if I was supposed to like level up health to avoid that or what, but it was pretty challenging. Because, sure, it's Souls-like, but it's a little less clunky. I mean, it's a little more clunky, I should say. Um, the one thing that threw me off the most was the controls is that you know how in Dark Souls the uh, the right button was for rolling and running and stuff, and you use right bumper to swing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: In this game, it's the left button to quick attack, and then the bottom button is for your rolling and dodging and stuff. So I kept trying to hit the right button to like, roll out of damage, but when you do that, your character just stands there and doesn't do anything. So I would just keep you hit over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I I so after after a few attempts, I never actually finished the demo, but maybe if I got used to controls I could do it. But it, it's an interesting game. Like it's not the worst thing I've ever played. But I guess I guess you could say I rage quit it a little bit. Um so, oh. Yep. Yeah. It's a uh, kind of my I'm- bad.
2: I'm been definitely interested in anything that's like dark souls because I love the love the games love the series and uh like, just like salt and sanctuary definitely want to try all that eventually yeah I kinda... if if you die in one hit that sounds a bit
1: um <laughs> challenge mode like there yeah. <laughs> there is a block button and I figure that out towards the end but I'm just so used to like Rolling out of damage that I kept trying to do it and it kept messing me up and like ah I'll, I'll try this game later but yeah uh, that's it's going on for temporary temporarily so if you are in PlayStation Four you can download the demo and play it up until May fifth after that I think it goes back into the the vault quote unquote and you won't be able to play it again until near dev- near the end of its release um another. Another interesting thing I actually got around the plane was the Minecraft story mode. Remember, you guys remember that? Yeah, I remember yeah. I heard about about it. That it was uh, the Telltale Minecraft game. Now, I was very skeptical of this at first because I was like, oh, it's, "It's a Minecraft game yeah. with a story that that doesn't seem a good fit." But I actually found it to be relatively enjoyable because I know you guys know the whole. Uh, telltale game formula of it's mostly dialogue with maybe a quick time event here or there or like a a really simple puzzle there. Mm -hmm. Um, The big thing I will note is that the game is definitely written to appeal to younger kids. Don't expect a very complicated or dark story. It's all very bright and we're going to go on an adventure because we want to become heroes kind of thing. Although it gets a little darker later on, like by the by the end of the fourth episode, I was I was pretty into it. Uh, not the not the worst thing Telltale Games has released. It's if if you want interesting, I don't want to say interesting characters, but just like a different take on the Minecraft world. It's it might be worth checking out, checking it out. Telltale Games they, are usually pretty cheap. They're like twenty bucks or less.
2: Yeah. And Telltale Games makes awesome games, and I'm pretty sure the reason why they made it more kid-like is because everyone, like, the new stereotype for Minecraft is that it's for, like, little kids play it all the time now because it's available on Xbox and PlayStation, and it's relatively cheap, and there's no, it's definitely the most e-game out there besides fighting some skeletons and zombies and stuff. Yeah, um,
1: but it it does a pretty good job of incorporating very Minecrafty themes to it. Like one of the first things you do in the first episode is you and your friends are getting together, and you're supposed to have a building contest. And so you make decisions like what we're gonna build and how we're gonna accomplish it, because you wanna finish, you wanna win this building contest and win tickets to go to Endercon and meet your hero, who's part of the Order of the Stone, which is like this fabled group of heroes that were adventurers and they like save the world and stuff so like it's it's pretty cliche in that way but definitely not that bad i had a g- pretty good time with it and episode five i don't want to spoil it but it really did some pretty cool things that i liked so maybe if you want to see more find a let's play of it and kind of check it out but uh don't don't just write it off because it's minecraft because there are actually some pretty cool things here that that others can enjoy. I was playing it with my younger niece and the way we were doing it is I let her do all the dialogue and I do like quick time events and the puzzles and stuff. And that was a blast. Just letting her do all the dialogue and kind of craft the story in her way and just watching her do that was something I really enjoyed doing. So maybe do something like that.
2: The, uh, the way you can change the stories in telltale games is just awesome. And, they, uh, I definitely look forward to that. I don't know for sure if I'm going to play the Minecraft story mode, but I'm a, I am definitely looking forward to the Telltale games of the future, see what they're going to do next. and um, are, I'm pretty sure they're doing a Batman game, aren't they?
1: Yes, a the Telltale Batman game is supposed to be coming out sometime this summer. And I think they also are just wrapping up the final episode of the Michonne the Walking Dead Michonne spinoff. So I, I really like their take on the, the Walking Dead games. So I'm going to go ahead yeah. and check out the Michonne miniseries they did sometime. It's only three episodes long as opposed to five. So uh, it's pretty easy to get through. I think it's only like $15, a little bit less than the average. Uh, yeah. and, it's, and it's supposed to tie into the comics. Like, I know later on in the Walking Dead comics, there's uh, a big chunk of the series where Michonne actually goes missing. So this is supposed to be like fill in for when Michonne was missing and what she does.
2: Interesting. I've I wish I've been keep been keeping up on Walking Dead. I fell behind a while ago, but I uh, I definitely do like the uh, the um, Telltale games they made. I've played both of them and they're a lot of fun and uh, very 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 story and so emotional. And, like
1: the first yeah, one. The, the end of the first one had me in tears i i couldn't help myself I'm, manly tears
2: the uh um and just the fact that they can create their own characters in the walking dead thing in the walking dead um story and it still like sticks to like the lore and the story itself of walking dead really tells a lot about the uh the <laughs> story writers a- at telltale awesome. games
1: I mean, yeah, like they don't have the original Raiders anymore, but they're still kicking in, they're still doing really well. So until they really mess up, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna remain a fan of Telltale games. I thought the Walking Dead series was great. The Wolf Among Us is probably the best thing they've done. The Borderlands game they did was pretty good too, and now the Minecraft is it's pretty good too. I haven't had any complaints of it. Um, you'll like this, Michael. I actually finally finished Bloodborne and did the Bloodborne DLC. Proud of you. <laughs> it was not easy, <laughs> let me tell you. Like, holy moly, the you. the bosses in the DLC are really, really good. But they're yes. really tough. Like, holy crap. I think on the first boss, uh, Ludwig, I probably kept dying to him like an hour and a half at least. Maybe two hours. Yeah. And then I got through the rest of the DLC, including... Uh, what is it? The there were the alien like one, alien like boss. Orphan. No, there were there was like the group of aliens. Oh yeah, that one. Uh, Uh, the uh... the uh, the experiments, the failed experiments. I think that's what it was. I don't remember the Uh, name exactly, but I know which one you're talking about. Not a good boss fight. Let me just say that. But like the one after that, the Maria, she was like the best hunter like boss in the entire game. I felt like even the better than the the final boss of the main game gearman. Yeah. Like she was really cool. I like, I like her story. I like her, her, her movesets when you're fighting her.
2: She was difficult. And, um, she, uh, just to not to uh, say too much about dark souls yet, but (laughs) definitely she felt like, um, I mean, playing, playing through dark souls. I'm like this, this fight reminds me of that fight, the Maria fight. Um, just a couple of the bosses in Dark Souls, I think.
1: Yeah, they, so. they definitely took a lot more Bloodborne influence with the newest Dark Souls, which I appreciate because it's it's something a little different, and I think anyone can appreciate that. Yeah. But then, uh, let, let me tell you, the the, the Orphan of Kos in the DLC is my absolute nemesis. I love and hate that boss because it was the only boss in the game that made me Stop what I was doing, and then go out of my way to farm a whole bunch of levels just so I could beat it. And even after <laughs> I went on my way and leveled up fifty times, it was still <laughs> kicking my butt. That boss is absolutely insane when it comes to the aggression and amount of damage it does. And the annoyance. Did you
2: use? Did you use any summons? Like, did you summon any people to help you?
1: Nope i can I can safely say that I managed to beat every boss in the game. DLC included, without summoning anything. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of that. Even though I, I did have to go over level myself for the final for over in the cause which kind of spilled over into the rest of the bosses being easy. But, but man, that boss is just, just insane. Like if, if you guys want to check out the the videos I did for that, I think I spent over two hours trying to kill over in cause and then went and farmed, came back and spent like another half hour trying to kill him absolutely insane but honestly like as a whole that dlc is probably one of the best pieces of dlc i've seen for any game ever
2: it does and unfortunately I, it's the only one for
1: it's the time. only one but like they came out and were like okay we're gonna craft some great bosses we're gonna have a good story but most importantly we're gonna fix probably the biggest issue of the base game which was the lack of weapon variety we're just gonna fix that yeah. we're gonna have whole bunch of weapons. Like, there's more weapons in the DLC than there was in the entire base game. Some people really like the the uniqueness of the Bloodborne weapons, and thankfully they did not dilute that at all with the new weapons. All the weapons were so very unique and stood out from the rest just just fine. Mm -hmm. um, Bravo from you. You really nailed it with that DLC pack.
2: I just, I think people weren't used to, like... But, like, before Bloodborne, there was nothing to relate to besides Dark Souls when you were playing Bloodborne. And everyone was just like, in Dark Souls, there's so many weapons. And the weapons are more unique and awesome in uh, uh, Bloodborne. But people weren't used to, like, using their starting weapon the entire game. like, And I think that's what made people upset was that... They wanted change, but their best weapon was the one they started with, or the mm-hmm. like the first choice in the game. Was like, like there were other weapons you could buy, yeah, like and if you went either, a Dex build, the, the Blades of Mercy starting were weapon,
1: cool. or you would go for like the first one you can buy, which is the sword.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
1: I, yeah, good. But
3: yeah,
2: that's all. I think. I wanted to say about the Bloodborne Weapons, I still have not played the game
1: myself. One of these days, you will play the game and you will love it. I can already tell.
2: I hope so. I just hope that by then I have forgotten enough to where I can play the game with enough surprise. It shouldn't be too hard.
1: There were quite a few surprises for me, even though I felt like I knew a decent amount of the game.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So I'd say in the DLC, I was absolutely loving that that chainsaw weapon, the uh, the Whirly Gigsaw. I I slew many of bosses with the the chainsaw and it was awesome. Um so what are some games that you guys have been playing? Uh, I know uh, Michael you've been playing a bit of Dying Light, the the zombie game. Tell me about that. How what is Dying Light like why should people be excited to play it if they haven't already?
2: Dying Light is a very interesting take on new zombie games. Um because it also includes like a free running type of game like uh parkour i guess like the main not it's not too much of a spoiler the main um guy uh the, the leader of the base that of survivors where you start at um he came to that town and he was a parkour instructor and that's why everyone um in this tower that you're in Knows how to do parkour because he taught them so they could survive. And the parkour in that game is
1: probably the best. It actually works.
2: Yeah, it actually works compared to other games. Like, there are instances where I've. Well, there's a lot of instances where I fall into my death in that game, but (laughs) it's. It just. It feels a lot more fluid than any other game I've played that tries to do parkour like that. It's different than, like, Assassin's Creed type parkour but it's still i I don't know it's it's hard to compare it to Assassin's Creed parkour because Assassin's Creed is mostly um running up buildings and climbing buildings and stuff like that where this you're running across rooftops and like hopping over the little things and ho- jumping well hopping over zombie's heads and stuff and the zombie it's it the zombie part of it is definitely it's not too unique. It's a lot like uh
1: what's, But what's that have, game? did they do the zombies well? That's what I want to know. Are the it's zombies a, the in this zom- like believable? Like are they fun <laughs> to kill? Stuff like that.
2: The zombies in this game are like the zombies from Dead Island. Um and same with the melee play playstyle. Um they depending on the weapon, it's easier or harder to kill. The zombies are <laughs> The the fighting zombies is fun. Um, you try to avoid it most of the time. Uh, there are a couple special infected, and I haven't beaten the game yet. I don't know exactly the you... lore behind why these guys are zombies.
1: Are you kind of near um, the end of it, though?
2: Yeah, I'm close to the end now.
1: So, um, um, does... Does the game remain very melee focused, or by the end do you have like a ton of ammo for guns and it becomes more of a shooter?
2: It's more of a shooter when you try to face uh, humans, and which is um, just because fighting melee with humans is harder because they can block. I still have not found out if I'm I can block or not. I don't know if I missed some sort of tutorial. That was that you can block melee hits, but <laughs> blocking zombies, uh, to losers. Yeah, and uh, but they will die in one headshot. Humans will, so it's a lot easier to use uh, ranged weapons for uh, humans and save your melee for zombies. Um, there is a bow or a couple bows in the game, and uh, zombies die. Most zombies die in one headshot. Some take two. Even the uh, bigger special infected ones uh, die in a couple headshots from arrows and guns. And uh, I did not, I didn't use, I haven't been using ranged weapons much against um, zombies. There is one zombie that has a ranged attack that I have been using my bow or whatever for. And um, I don't know. I try, like, this game is focus definitely focuses on trying to avoid zombie fights by using your parkour abilities mm-hmm. to get away and stuff. And at night, um there's a cool aspect of the game where certain some zombies turn into like they like mutate
1: grow more, more powerful, more aggressive, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: And they can chase you down super fast, so you have to use your parkour to get away. Um there is a, there's a grappling hook in the game though and it, uh, makes, it makes everything a lot easier so I don't know if I like it too much but it makes escaping and things really easy um, it also makes dying easier if you uh, <laughs> grappling hook to the wrong spot But
1: I get to see a whole bunch of sh- oh shit moments when you just fall to your death <laughs> because you grappled something you didn't mean to grapple
2: yeah, I've accidentally grappled like the middle of a building before, and I'm like, "Whoa! I have nothing to grab onto. I'm screwed." But you would have made a um, great Spider-Man. Exactly. <laughs> the the, um, the weapon mods in it is a lot like Dead Island, um, just electric fire and um, you know bleeding effects, and I think there's a toxic effect. Haven't I haven't done that one too much, but um, they're helpful. I haven't seen all of the melee weapons in it, but they're very, very diverse. There's um, there's even swords and axes and hatchets and uh, cricket bats, normal baseball bats. Um, lots of hammers, sledgehammers, and anything you could normally think of as a melee weapon in modern times. And I think there's even eventually like um, like two-handed swords for some reason. I'm like, I wouldn't find that too realistic, but I guess a couple people... I mean, I'd use a claymore. That's modern... awesome to me. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if... I I mean, not too many people own ones. So. But it's still a cool part of the game. And uh, the story in it is interesting. And the Har- Haran is the city you're in. I'm not sure. I think it's in uh, exactly. Brazil
1: or something like that. South America. Yeah,
2: some sort of South American country, and they're basically holding the Olympics in this city. And um, when ever when all the like contestants and there are and are there and the game is about to start, um, you get into a quarantine and the zombie breaks out and like the city's divided and uh, there's um, like all the uh, contestants are trapped and everyone who normally lives in the city of Haran is trapped and they can't get out, the government is not letting them uh, not letting them out. There is another part of the um of the city that is quarantined that you get through about mm, like one third, maybe halfway through the game, you get to that other part of the city. And uh the story so far is really cool. Um but yeah I definitely recommend this game. Uh if you like Uh, a new type of zombies a new type of zombie game or a new type of parkour game
1: this definitely to me seems like it's one of the more well-done zombie games out there like it it actually works and the mechanics work and there's a lot to do like it's an open world game and there's a bunch of quests to do and like i i haven't heard too many bad things about the story so it must be enjoyable enough
2: yeah, it is. It's very well. Everything works for it, which is interesting. And I like the, I liked Dead Island, but I liked I I like the
1: combat in this more. Would you say this is like a better version of Dead Island in like almost any way, every way, almost? Um, like if there was one thing Dead Island did better, is what would that be? If there is one,
2: I don't. Um, I'm not sure if there is one for sure. I know. I didn't in Dead Island. I did not like the um, the different characters. I like the co-op in it, but there's co-op in this game too, and I think it's better. Um, I just don't like the way the characters were set up in Dead Island, to where there are some benefits for some and weaknesses for other others like throwing and blunt weapons and stuff. I just thought it should be more of a create your own character instead of choosing from set characters, but
1: mm-hmm. I think that's because there is a skill system like you can level up and get customized what skills you learn and all that stuff, right?
2: Yeah, okay. it's more limited though in um in Dying Light uh you um get points for your you get experience points for your different skill trees separately. So like by fighting zombies, you get Experience for combat, but by doing parkour, you get experience for that. So depending on which one you do, you could have a higher level for the either. Which is, I, I think that I thought that was really interesting. Right now, um, I'm pretty sure my par, uh, my uh, fighting level is higher than my parkour level, because I've been doing more fighting lately. So well,
1: that's fine though. Mm-hmm. I love that to give you the option of what to do. You don't just get shoehorned into one playstyle or whatnot. That's good to hear. Yeah. Um, how about
0: you, Noah? What have you been playing lately? Um, <clears throat> well, interestingly enough, I got into a, a little bit of league play. Oh uh, no, Legends. <laughs> <laughs> um, mostly I try and keep it consolidated into PBE play, just to test out what's kind of going on. Um, they're currently in the middle of and about to launch their. Uh, up in their upcoming patch, the second wave of class updates. So I know they did 80 carries and some of their items um, reworked them to kind of uh, give each character in the game a little bit more um, for lack of a better words character. So they want each one each champion to uh, kind of have its own role in the game itself. Um so the second wave is all about mages. So what they did a couple weeks ago is they touched up some of the AP items, uh which is ability power which is normally around mage focused
1: It's like the the magic stuff.
0: Yeah, so they added a couple new items, changed uh, you know, stats around to kind of make each item a little bit more unique. Um and then they went and picked I think 6 champions that got big reworks where they changed maybe two or more abilities and kind of wanted to revamp them and bring them into a more modern spot where they were Um, either they were just an old kit or they just needed to be retouched and then there were I think ten others that they did minor reworks to to kind of give them more of an identity to the game Um, on top of that there are also opening up signups for their alpha client which i believe isn't just for pve anymore it'll be opened up to live servers so you'll be able to use the new client thank god on live servers you don't you You don't have to use the flash client
1: anymore yeah the
0: old flash client which was horrible
1: i feel like the client would break every other patch or so too like login issues or whatever
0: because like I kind of have this thing where I get a little bit get carried away by the Granger of oh maybe they're actually starting to turn the game around and they're heading towards the concrete point where they so you, can guys uh, ready for the themselves. replay system right
2: yeah or the death the uh, the death recap it's uh it's amazing oh, yeah, work right. in progress
1: <laughs> <laughs> but um it's 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 awesome to hear that even after five years they're willing to make these really big ambitious reworks to entire classes in this game. Like, like I mentioned, they just did rework of the entire ranged marksman class. And now the mage update's coming out. And then the, the, there's the, the planned assassin update uh, later this yeah, year, November. I believe. Yeah, so it's awesome here that they're, they're still very willing to update and support this game. They're not just going to let it die and maybe try to Make something else and cash in on the success they've had they're they're gonna keep going as far as this as long as this game remains as popular as it is, which it is yeah. it's very popular and uh um like know they're right now they're doing the thing where they have the special game modes on a rotating playlist right with some fan favorites um, and some not so fan favorites on that list
0: I can see I can see why you know get a little bit. Higher uh, spike on population for the servers on the weekends. Try and bring people back, get people to stay, stay around if they aren't playing ranked or just you know mess around with their friends. They can come in and play some nonsense on the weekends.
2: I think um, that's a a very good idea for whoever came up with it because I know people recently have been getting just more and more. BS when they try to play like Ranked or something and
1: mm-hmm.
2: they just... Every, everyone's getting discouraged of League lately. And,
1: I find um, myself this... getting very discouraged with the the normal modes of play <laughs> but whenever like Earth or Hexakill or One for All come out, I find myself logging in once again to play some League of Legends before I get frustrated yeah. again. It can be fun. Like uh, for those wondering... Uh, if you're watching the video, the footage you're seeing right now is of the Earth game mode, which re- removes mana costs and reduces cooldowns down to 80%. So it really is just spam everything you have and just go t- crazy with whatever you got. It's a lot of fun. Hopefully you
2: have a good keyboard.
1: <laughs> and hopefully you got a good keyboard. It's a lot of fun when you're not getting absolutely demolished because uh, I'd I say the game mode is very snowbally. When you get a little advantage, yeah. it, it just... It just goes out of control.
2: It's uh, best not to take it too seriously because
1: don't don't, don't take League seriously, or you're gonna have a very bad time. That's what I've found. And um, how's Paragon been doing lately? Uh, I know we were talking about that a bit last episode. Is it still going pretty well? Even though, because I know they have the uh,
0: the stress test going on right now for that. Right. Um, along with that, they've introduced their second uh, hero champion character, um, since they've released the closed beta, if you will. Um, Along with that, they've also adjusted um, a few of the heroes based on requests from the community. So I know Murdoch, if you guys are fans of Paragons, you'll know Murdoch has been kind of a problem in the game to where he is a very, very strong late game champion. Right. Um to a point where he's two shotting people with his auto attacks.
1: <laughs> that could be problematic, I feel like.
0: Um so they adjusted some of his base damage, I believe, and some of his uh attack speed stats. Um <clears throat> as well. They've also started adding more cards in, so if you were getting a little bored with the cards or weren't happy with the decks you've built so far, there's opportunity for you to Expand your uh, your builds on your heroes, and uh, they also redid the actual deck building system now. To where um, it was kind of hard to keep track of what cards you're gonna slot where. If this one would slot into that that mm-hmm. uh, equipment card and stuff like that, so they redesigned it to where now you select a specific equipment card, and then it um, forces you to select three upgrade cards for said equipment card. So it kind of a little bit more clear-cut as to where you're putting these cards, so you don't have just random, That's random cool. cards all That's over good the thing place.
1: Here. I found myself getting very confused by the card system when I was playing last, so much so that I almost didn't want to deal with it. It was just, it was just like, I, I don't understand what I'm doing here. I feel like I'm just doing random stuff and it's kind of helping, but I don't know how much it is. Um,
2: yeah, and the... uh. The leveling of other people who could have better, even potentially a lot better cards than you do, was uh, still a bit difficult to deal with when you are low level.
1: Is it still like yeah. that, to agree, where there's like some cards are just way better than others?
0: Uh, yeah, um, there are. Uh, it also depends kind of. Because there's not a clear cut meta. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk on the Reddit pages and forums about Death Ball, where it's 1 3 1, where one's in the left, three in the middle, and one on the right. Uh huh. And uh, since there's so few heroes in the game, the meta's not really there because, you know, it's, you know, most of the time you're going to have the same champions on either team or at least one or two. So uh, the meta's pretty stagnant right now obviously some of the more auto attack and physical base characters are kind of doing a little bit better than some of the more niche mages or uh, support characters
1: right yeah it sounded like to me that uh certain tanks and uh Markspin were kind of overwhelming and that's that's slowly getting fixed so i'm glad to hear that and uh, isn't it true that a uh one of the recent patches actually like reworked the entire movement system of the game. Now everyone moves a little faster.
0: Yeah, they added twelve movement speed flat across um to all all the heroes in the game. So and they also took off movement debuffs for moving in specific directions for like strafing and going diagonal. So I think you took like a twenty five percent movement decrease Wow. Uh, for strafing. So now it's, I think,
1: 100%. I'm really happy to hear that. One of my biggest issues with the game when I first played was that it felt like it took forever to get anywhere on the map. And I don't know if that was because the map was too big or if the characters were too slow. And I think they came to the conclusion that characters just moved too slow for the size of the map they had.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people lose perspective, is this game's recently left alpha and this is his first stages of beta yep. and i think people get tricked into thinking it's a full game because it is very well uh, put together at this point but it's still in you know beta stage and uh full release i think is later this summer i oh, think
1: yeah. so. very rough around the edges but at its core i find it to be a very fun game and i'm gonna i think we're all gonna continue to keep an eye on it and visit it from time to time 'Cause it does it hope, definitely does stand out from other games of the way they handle it.
2: Yeah. I hope that they uh with the movement speed and all of that buffs, they uh somehow they figure out how to increase uh game I mean decrease game length because um I mean for a lot of people who play games, time is very limited and those games can take up to or over an hour sometimes because People don't necessarily know how to finish games, which is a problem in any game that's like this. But for this game, it seemed harder to, like, finish off.
3: So
1: yeah, that's my biggest problem with the game is that even because we're we're still fairly low level compared to what we could possibly get to. But for me, games take like 45 minutes to 50 minutes to finish, and. Sometimes I just don't have that amount of time to commit to a game, especially if it doesn't go very well at first. I feel like I'm, <clears throat> I have an uphill battle for the remaining 30 minutes of the game or whatever.
2: Yeah, and if you lose, you don't get as many points, and then you can't level up as much. no it's just it's a sm- it's a snowball in the wrong direction, and yeah, it could uh I-, I feel like this game is going to be amazing though.
1: It's so. very promising. Definitely, if you haven't checked out Paragon yet, I would recommend looking it up. Maybe getting familiar with some of the uh, mechanics of the game, because I do believe when it actually releases later this year, it's going to be free to play. Is that right? I believe so.
0: Yeah. Uh, they did know. They did know. Um, now that once a person reaches level twenty on their account, get another get another key to give to someone else yeah so if you oh. have access or if one of your friends has access and they haven't reached level 20 or they are above 20 they'll get another key so you can get your friends to come and play with you if they have a little anxiety over the that, paywall what, that one has
1: a snowball effect where like you get a, get to level 20 and get a key and you give that to someone does that person that get to the level 20 do they get a key that they can give away as well
0: I believe so. I'm not 100% on that, but I wouldn't see why they wouldn't do that just in- to grow the community. That's interesting.
1: That, that would kind of organically grow it over time. That's that's neat. Have
2: they said anything about... I mean, we pay, We all paid for the game. Um, do we get anything special for that once it becomes free-to-play? Or
1: I,
0: I, th- I think it depends on what tier of the game you paid for.
1: I think those that paid for the entry level, don't they get access to Certain skins.
0: Uh, yeah. Um So I know we talked a lot about Paragon. Previous episode. Um, there's the mastery system where it's kind of like uh, shows you how long you've played a champ or carry, uh, many mobas uh, heroes. To where once you level up to ten, you get bonus experience for, them and you also get uh, this master skin. But you can't start those unless you buy the challenger skin which initiates the master challenge and you can buy it with in-game generated currency um i don't know if you can buy it with purchase currency like in real world money i don't think that is an option unless you buy like a founder pack or the ultimate pack where you get all the challenger skins for all the heroes that release. I imagine they will incorporate some way where you can buy a, a Challenger skin in real world.
1: I would imagine. Because you can't just have a free-to-play game with no other way to bring in income.
0: Right, because the, the skins section actually hasn't been added, but you can still do the Challenger skins, which initiates the Master Challenge.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a promising game, so... If you're into that genre of games, or just looking for something a little different, I'd keep an eye on it. Uh, speaking of something that's a little different, um, what, have you guys, what do you guys think of Rocket League?
0: <laughs> um, I think it's definitely better played locally with a group of friends than it is. I mean, it's still fun playing with a group of friends. With I mean, it's the only way you can play it makes it 10 times better is playing it with a group. Oh yeah. Of it just makes it that much better when you play it you know, fourth player screen co-op and you're all yelling at each other's faces and stuff like that.
1: This is probably one of the absolute best party games released as of late just cuz it's I'd so accessible. It's like it's such an easy concept. The base game is your RC cars playing soccer. If you know the rules of soccer, you can basically understand what's going on here get the ball to the enemy goal and score like it's such a simple concept, and it's executed so well in my opinion
0: yeah, and they have so much room to expand on it too, cause, uh with all these simple backyard sports, you know they already have hockey um, soccer, and they've just recently expanded to basketball. I don't see why they couldn't expand you know to. You know, football. You could probably incorporate baseball somehow into it.
1: Yeah, we can get like the entire range of like North American sports leagues in here. It'd be awesome. Like I know they did a, like you said, they meant they added the new basketball game mode, which along with that, they added an update where you could add uh, the emblems of the NBA teams to your car to kind of like rep and support your team there. So that's really cool. Uh, speaking of the, uh, the the new basketball game mode, me and Michael, you were we were playing it just before we started recording the podcast. Uh, what what do you think? Like both of you, what do you think of the the hoop game mode that came out? like, how does that work with representing basketball?
2: Um, I uh, I think it's it's a when it comes to basketball, I think it's really cool. It's two v two and uh the hoop is an interesting I mean, take. I think uh, for the it's cars. about
1: as well designed as you could get with RC cars playing basketball.
2: Yeah. yeah, I when I first pictured it, I was I was thinking the hoop was going to be mid-air and uh you have to like somehow get the ball up there which you can do if you like drive up the wall and stuff. But the way they did it is um, to, probably the next best way and uh it, it's it definitely it still makes the uh, goals a little bit harder to get it it's gonna take more different practice than it is for the soccer part of it and uh oh yeah uh, I I definitely like it I hope that they can expand a new sports too if they can I don't know they probably have ideas better than I do
1: um, I mean I think they picked the most obvious ones already and stuff like the American football is gonna be a lot more difficult because a lot of that involves Catching and holding a ball and I don't know how you're gonna do that when you're like when you're an RC car. Like does a ball no, stick you, to your car and you drive around the car or something
0: uprights at the end of the end of the two sides and just yeah, you know, like a try oblong. To, ball. Try try to get
1: a field goal of the car. That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this game is a uh,
2: has a lot of potential and it's uh, already are uh, really awesome.
0: So. I still wanna see racing. It needs to come.
1: Yeah, the the actual uh, mechanics of the game are so good that you could make just a straight up racing game out of it, and it'd probably be the best if racing not, game out there.
0: If not at it, officially they need to release you know modding support for it so you can make if death were, race. Oh
1: my god, modding <laughs> in this like game them. would be the best thing ever.
0: Something along those lines.
1: Yeah this this is one of the most surprising games do have come out in the past few years for me. Like, when it first came out last year, I just kind of wrote it off because I'm like, I oh, know it's a soccer game. I'm not really into soccer. I'm probably not going to enjoy this game too much. After a little, a little prodding, I, I finally broke down and bought the game, and I wish I had bought it sooner because it is so much fun. Even if you're not into sports, it's just so easy to get into the game. and It just plays so well.
2: It took, it took a lot of, like, Kyle, you need to get this game. Kyle, you really need to get this game. Maybe
1: maybe next paycheck. (laughs) Yeah. I finally did, though, and I'm glad I did. I'm going to probably keep coming back to this game every time there's something new interesting happening because it's one of those games where if you just have five minutes to do something, you can get into a game of Rocket League and just play through that because the matches are only like five minutes long. And if you ever just want to keep going, it's so easy to, because I had that mentality just like, all right, that was a fun game. Why don't we play one more? It's only going to be five minutes. And then after that, well, let's play one more. And the next thing I know, it's like four in the morning. I need to go to bed because I have work in the morning. But it was all worth it.
2: It really gets to, like, I'm just going to play another game because it's only five minutes. Five 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 minutes (laughs) turns into a half hour really fast. It's only
1: five minutes. Only five minutes.
2: And the games, I mean, when you score a goal, it goes to a replay. So eventually it'll add up to more than five minutes unless you have a scoreless game, which is possible. It almost happened to us a couple times in um, the new hoops mode. But
1: Yeah, there, we we experienced a strange phenomenon in the hoops mode where either a team would score immediately off the tip-off. Or we'd kind of just go back and forth, bouncing the ball randomly for like three or four minutes before someone scored. Which is okay though, because those those back and forths were super intense. It was never a ball, never a dull moment for me. Yeah. Um, and
2: they have a lot of potential with DLC in that game. Oh I mean...
1: yeah, I found my I had when I first bought the game. The first thing that do was to go buy the Batmobile DLC. Yeah. And then there's like there's a Back to the Future DLC where you get the DeLorean, I think. A whole bunch yep. of other stuff where just custom like more paints more tires, more ways to customize your car. So, Rocket League, check it out. It's on PC, PS4, and Xbox One now. And I believe cross-play or, uh, yeah, cross-play is going to become available for all versions of the game. Is that the case?
0: I, I believe have... they're setting it up. I don't
1: know. Because uh... I, I know PlayStation 4 players and PC players can already play together. But I don't know right. when they're going to add support for Xbox One. Hopefully soon. Yeah, everyone should be playing this game. It's awesome. Playing, um, to,
2: playing with PS4 uh, players already is interesting. I think this is the first game I've ever been able to do that with, and um, it's not like super um, weighted in either direction um, because, like, there's no oh, PC players are always better. PS4 players are always better, which people always say that they're better because uh, because they own this console, or whatever. And it's actually more. I think
1: it would no, depend on the game. Everyone. Way.
2: It it depends on the game and it depends on the player instead of the console, which is.
1: Rock, I think, I Rocket think League cool. is an example of everyone should be playing with a controller anyway, so there really is no advantage one way or the other. But I mean, if you were playing like a battlefield game, crossplay, I think the PC players would have an advantage just because, you know, they have longer draw distance and they have a mouse and keyboard to control their character. But, like, true. This is an example of it done right, in my opinion. Once they throw the Xbox players in a mix and everything is stable, I think it'll be just fine.
0: The only thing I was disappointed is there's no way you can create a party cross-play. I Think,
1: I think I thought I heard someone say there was a workaround where you could like click on their profile and then do something. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there isn't a way to do it. It, should be, it should be easier.
0: Because that be like interfacing between networks? And- yeah.
1: It, yeah. I'm sure they have a plan on how to fix that down the road. Um, so I don't know how how many of you guys got to tr- uh, try some stuff up, But there were a lot of demos and betas in April. And I tried to get a little bit of everyone played. Uh, the first thing I did was, it didn't actually come out in April, I think it came out the very end of March, but it was the Final Fantasy 15 demo that came out for PlayStation 4. Uh, needless to say, it was an interesting experience considering it was the first time I had ever played a Final Fantasy game. I don't know. If, I, have any of you guys played a Final Fantasy game before? I have not.
3: No, I... I,
2: I wish I wish I have, but I mean, I wish I would have gotten into them.
1: The um, yeah, demo
0: I, looked pretty good, though.
1: Visually, it, not, it was really nice. Yes. But it was they're also not really exclusive weird. to PlayStation, are they? Not anymore, no. I think ever since like Final Fantasy 10 or maybe like, 12 they've been multi-platformed like i've said, i never played a final fantasy game so i don't know too much about them and i know there's some people out there that are super diehard final fantasy fans and just if i say something wrong they may tear my face off but it's whatever um but my first impression of this game even though it was it was more of a tech demo than an actual gameplay demo so like there were bits where you're like walking around and using a sword to kill things but you can you could tell the the, uh, the environments were designed more for hey, check out the lighting effects and try out the physics. Here you can stack these boxes and knock them over and stuff. Like it wasn't until the very end where there was actually a boss fight where you got to really try out the the mechanics of the game, which were pretty good. Um, I'm not sure how crazy I am about it yet, but the trailers for this game have been phenomenal. Did you guys see the, the more recent one that came out?
0: Where no, I didn't. Like I've seen one. I don't know which one you're referring to. It's
1: probably the one I showed uh, I son to, you, but um, like the whole idea of the game is you are the young prince and you're looking for your dad or something. But you're like in order to do it, you have to go on a road trip with your buddies across the world, and there was something about that that this really spoke to me because like, how often. Is the like the story of the game? Oh, you and your buddies are going on a road trip. That's something that you see in a movie, but not a game necessarily. So they're kind of taking that idea and incorporating this fantasy idea to it. It's going to be uh, interesting. Final Fantasy thir- uh, 15 should be one of the biggest games that come out this year, which uh, it did get its release date. It's coming out September 30th of this year. So, Final Fantasy fans rejoice because they've been waiting for this specific one since like 2007 or whenever Versus 13 was announced. I don't know. I'm probably getting all my Final Fantasy facts wrong right now. But uh, there's there's yeah. a lot of
2: games. They're hard. They're easy to mix up
1: unless you <laughs> it's know like, a lot about. So. There's there's 15 main series Final Fantasy games. But then there's probably like another 20 or 30 spinoffs with very similar titles. And I apologize if I'm getting the mixed up.
2: Well, I know that our numbers might be off because they did start in Japan, I'm pretty sure. So
1: Yeah. And um, not,
2: not all of them got ported.
1: I think... So our, we started at like... If uh, I remember correctly, Final Fantasy 1 in North America is actually Japanese Final Fantasy 3 or something like that. So they're, they're, the numbers are a little skewed, and I don't know which one's which now. Or like what Final Fantasy 1 and 2 are called in North America. If if they are available. I'm sure they are, in some capacity. But yeah, it, was a, it was an interesting experience. I'm actually looking forward to this game, now that I've gotten a little taste of it. Which is something I would have never guessed. That I'm actually looking forward to a Final Fantasy game, even though I've never played them before. It's a strange experience. Like... It, you're becoming a part of something that you've never something big that you've never been a part of before it's like joining a new fandom it's like joining the Harry Potter series after you missed the entire thing
2: that that'd be hard
1: it is hard and it's kind of scary cuz you know the fan base is very passionate about it
2: oh every every fandom is very passionate and it's a uh, walking on eggshells definitely
1: it's walking on eggshells that's a good way of saying it um want to talk about passion though like one I, one of the demos I tried out was the the Battleborn demo, which is Gearbox's take on the MOBA character hero shooter thing that's going on. I know there was a there's like dozens of these games now or something, but uh, I was curious about Gearbox's because they're they're known for the the Borderlands series, and now they're trying their hand on a more multiplayer focused game. But the biggest thing for me was the fact that it seemed very, very, very uh, very similar to Overwatch when I was first seeing it. And having gone in and actually played a little bit, I can say it's not exactly like Overwatch, but I wish it was. And what I mean by that is the problem I had with this game is that it felt like you, took, you take the shooter mechanics of Borderlands but then you take away all of the things that make Borderlands, Borderlands, which is like the the ammo, looter-shooter-ness, looter and you just focus purely on the shooting mechanics and the character abilities, and you try to create a multiplayer game out of that. But there's also a little bit more moba to it, where, at least the game modes I was playing, there is a one-lane setup, and creeps go up and down the lane, and you're trying to push the towers. But it's from a first-person shooter perspective. Like it sounds good on paper, but for me it felt very hollow and boring because I can never relate to any of the characters. I, they have a lot of the stereotypical characters in this too. Like, none of them really stood out to me. I don't I, I don't want to trash the game because I'm sure Gearbox put a lot of hard work into it, but it it felt like to me this is just them cashing in on a fad. Yeah,
2: it it did seem weird that like within within the last six months, like four of these games have come out or been announced or come into beta or something.
1: And there's still and more coming like, out of this. It's crazy.
2: It's like once everyone heard, "Oh, League of Legends is the biggest game in the world," everyone was like, "Well, maybe we should do something about that." And I hope that it's not just a cash like they're not just trying to. Cash in on it. And I, I hope they're not the just in it thing for
1: the money. I do kinda like that they did was there is an actual single player story mode. Well there's there's an actual story mode that you can play through co-op. I think you do single player as well. Um although it too was not very well done because the mission layout was exactly the same as a Borderlands mission. It even had a Borderlands like villain, but the problem is this is trying to be like a multiplayer Borderlands game. That's not Borderlands, and it doesn't have the looterness. So, for me, I feel like Battleborn is what you'd get if you just wanted a Borderlands game that focused on the gameplay of it rather than the like looting and co op of the game and the story. Like it's a less interesting, unfinished version of Borderlands. Like I, honest, I honestly feel like what they did for Battleborn is they took an unfinished version of Borderlands Three that was part way through development and then like stopped it, reused what they had for Borderlands Three and then made this. And I really hope that's not the case because I, like we we're saying earlier, I'm kind of looking forward to Borderlands Three, but the fact that we have this first kind of, it's kind of just, eh. I don't, I don't really like it. I'm sure there's some people that are going to like this game, but for me, it's not the the shooter that's going to keep me busy this year. That's all I'm going yeah, to say. Yeah,
2: uh, I mean, we'll see how it goes. If it's just in beta right now, maybe it'll get better. But like you said, right now, uh, I mean, there's kinda, they so much time. other
1: stuff to keep. It was a beta where I felt like the game wasn't completed, but it's not like it was long way from being finished. This is a beta that came out Three or two or three weeks prior to the actual release of the game. Like, this game is coming out, I want to say, in like three or four days from now when we're recording. So, I don't know how much, how many improvements they can actually make on it in that small period of time. Maybe it'll be good. Like, I'll wait and see if the reviews, but for me, I'm probably going to end up passing on it because my first impression was not that good. Uh, Another multiplayer demo another open multiplayer beta that was uh, going on at the exact same time was the Doom beta this is a game i was very hopeful for because when you first look at it it screams halo like old school <laughs> halo the characters the old days the characters Just look bloody. exactly like uh the Spartans the the like the way you run and jump feels exactly like old school Halo. Now I, I I'm gonna say this like this kind of annoyed me I, online. I was reading people are like I don't like this game because it's not it's not Quake or Unreal Tournament, which for me was really weird because it's Doom. It's not called Quake or Unreal Tournament. It's not trying to be Quake or Unreal Tournament. So I, I, I found it really annoying that people were this in the game because it wasn't Quake or Unreal Tournament when it's not one of those games. But then I immediately thought, oh, it looks like Halo. And when I got into it, it felt like a worse version of Halo. Where <laughs> Like it, it imagine if you took Halo, but you you added some of the less desirable things that you could add to it, like really weird perks that don't fit in, like the way the perks in the game work are every time you finish the game you would unlock consumable perks that you can add to your character for the next game, and then you use those perks and usually stuff like for the next thirty seconds see your see the person that killed you through walls and you can activate it before you spawned so you could you get like two or three uses out of it before it ran out and then there's stuff like have increased health after spawning it's just those kind of annoying perks that would have been death streaks in Call of Duty series. You know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, yeah. or they're like built in so you can have some type of uh, microtransactions.
1: There's stuff like that, yeah. Buy more. Uh, I, I really, really wanted to like this game, but it was horribly imbalanced too. Because the sniper in the game is a one-hit kill no matter where you hit him. And then the rocket launcher actually doesn't do anything. It it just, like, bounces people around and makes them harder to hit, which it actually is an advantage to the enemy. Because then they get bounced around, and it's hard for you to hit them, and they're just sitting there with a shotgun trying to kill you. So that was really awkward. Um, also, the automatic guns do not do any damage in this game. Like, you can load maybe, like, 30 40 rounds of someone, and they're still kicking. So this game quickly turned into either a sniper fest or people running around with a shotgun. Now, Personally, for me, I really like the, the shotgun play style, but it it just, it just felt really weird because when you got up close and personal with someone, the shotgun sandwich was not very consistent, or it's not as consistent as other shotguns. And then the melee in the game sometimes was a straight-up one-hit kill if you hit him in the back, like in uh, some of the Halo games. So it was just really awkward. But the big the biggest grievance of the game is the fact that And in the game mode I played, there's a... Randomly on the map, a demon rune spawns. And what happens when you get the demon rune is you turn into a super powerful demon with, like, quad rocket launchers on its back and a shit ton of health. So you would just walk around and blast people with this super powerful rocket launcher and one-hit kill them. So the game quickly turned into when one team got the, the demon. Everyone else would either just run away... Or they'd all just like get together and try to kill the demon as fast as possible, and it just didn't flow very well. And the another issue I had was more of a technical thing where whenever I launched the game on my computer, because I have dual monitors, it would actually change the resolution on one of my monitors, and I couldn't run anything off of it. Like it turned into this really weird aspect ratio where it was like super ultra wide screen, but the top and bottoms of my screen were unusable. So, like, it would lower the height of my screen maybe two whole inches.
3: That's just, really weird.
1: Like, wow. it was so weird that I was having this issue where if I... Because of my second monitor, it wasn't running the game properly. Like, I don't know. Does um,
0: it so like 32, 9?
1: <laughs> it, it was something really weird like that, yeah. And it wasn't... Like, I kept trying... Full screen or windowed mode to fix it, but no matter what I did, it would just like mess up my aspect ratio on my computer. It was causing me a bunch of headaches. but um, maybe the single player will be better for this game, but uh, as a as a full price game, it feels very tacked on for the multiplayer, and I know they already announced that there's plans for these big elaborate dLC packs where it's fifteen dollars for a three map pack for a three map pack. So there's gonna be like three $15 DLCs that have three maps each, which to me sounds overly expensive. Especially since yeah. these maps were not particularly good in the first place.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like they're very, very labyrinthy and like kind of early 2000s map making style. Not not a big fan. But um let's talk briefly about a game I actually am a big fan of. And that was the... Uh, I got into the Overwatch stress test weekend thing that they were running. Now, we're, I'm not going to talk about this too much because I think we're going to really go into this, go into detail about Overwatch next episode. I'm just going to say this. Overwatch is basically everything I had hoped it would be. And that's that's saying a lot because when I get pretty hyped up for something, I am usually disappointed. But for this, for me, the the hype is real for this game. It, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I thought all the unique characters really stood out compared to other class based shooters, and I was right. Everything, every character feels super unique, super fun to play, and they they're full of personality. Like, the pregame lobby. You can just sit there and like spam with taunts and stuff, and the characters will talk to each other, and they'll actually like give some of their backstory in the pre-game lobby. Like, the characters will talk to each other, talk about the past that they have with each other, which is really neat. But the game, the game itself, runs really well, even though it's still in beta. It, it runs flawlessly, it's super fun. All the characters are great. I really, really can't wait for you guys to get into the open beta. Because I want to talk about this game in big details.
3: There's going to be a lot to talk about, definitely.
1: I was I was thinking early on that if there's one game that's going to revitalize the shooter genre, it may be Overwatch. And whether or not it does is still to be seen. Because I I don't think everyone is going to like how it's so focused on team play and not your own personal abilities. Like the big the big thing people are gonna notice in this game is that there's no kill death ratio. None. The only thing that matters is how you contributed to your team's victory. And well if you lost, well better luck next time.
2: There's there's no kill death ratio when it comes to like their stats, but you know everybody uh you know people are
1: gonna uh... try to pet it anyway.
2: (laughs) Twitch, all the people that I watched on Twitch play it were like, uh, who was it? Like all the really good people who would play like only Hanzo or someone who would just get headshots or McCree, and they would totally be like, oh, "I'm the best in this game. I've got I've gotten all the kills and all that stuff." So that, that's another. Nice I, I It's definitely more team oriented though. So
1: I went into this game saying, "Oh man, I really want to play Hanzo. I want to play McCree." They all look so cool. And as I got in and just started playing, I I found myself gravitating more and more towards the tanks and the support characters because the sense of fulfillment you get for helping out your team when you really need to just get in there and break through their turret defenses or keep your characters alive with the healers felt so good. Like uh, one of the characters, Mercy, has the... her, her like quote-unquote ultimate ability is she can revive all of your currently dead teammates while they're waiting to respawn that ability is so powerful and if you get off a clutch like three or four man heal when you're in overtime trying to cap an objective to win the game it, it, it's intense it's so good i can't wait for this game i need it now but until the for the meantime a game that's been keeping me pretty busy and i know michael you've been playing it too it's probably the big release of the month is dark souls 3 yes what do you think of dark souls 3 like i know previously you played through dark souls 2 for the most part so that's like the only one you can really compare it to but what do you think of it
2: um i definitely i love this game i i do it was uh totally what I expected and more than what I wanted in a new Dark Souls game. And I, although I have not played Bloodborne, it's like I was hoping for this because I couldn't play Bloodborne because I don't have a PS4 or and uh, or a PS3 and I uh, just I don't know. I, I've been looking forward to this game for a long time and it met all of my expectations when it comes to story and the fighting and the way it relates to the other games and the bosses and i don't know everything just felt amazing um i was never myself a magic uh like someone to go magic in these games but they put more focus into that they made it so like
1: uh at least like anyway it's,
2: yeah, it's had, easier to balance. I had some issues with
1: the the balance of a sorcerer build early on because of the way the bosses were designed, but if you can get to the later game content, everything is perfectly viable for PvE and uh although like more melee focused builds are still the best way to go about the multiplayer. Uh the Pv the uh, the magic in the late game is so cool because there's one spell where you literally just cast a Kamiamiha from Dragon Ball Z and it's really badass. <laughs>
2: The soul beam is very OP. Yes, <laughs> and uh, the this game totally meets um, like most people's expectations when they come, when they think of a Dark Souls game. And right, yeah, the bosses in this game are they are not the they are hard um, at first, which is what they should be. But once you learn the move sets, you can easily you can defeat them. Maybe not easily, but you can defeat them, and which is what basically what you expect in a Dark Souls game. Yeah, you will die. Just, you definitely will die, unless you expecting. are really good at these games. You should expect to die a lot.
1: I mean, I'd like to and, consider consider myself pretty much a veteran of Dark Souls since I've played through all of them except Demon Souls, which is not an actual Dark Souls game, but the same kind of game. I played through all of them mm-hmm. and. Although I was having a pretty easy time with the bosses at first, uh, there were still surprises along the way that were catching me off guard, and it was a lot of fun to learn little secrets here or there that helped me survive better. But um, yeah. And- yeah, like you said, the first few bosses are designed in the way where they're actually pretty challenging unless you can find the, the one weak spot they have. Usually there's like a, a place around them you can position to avoid damage, and if you can find that, exploit the weakness makes it a lot easier, but like, I love that they did that. It's very much a trial and error kind of process for newer players to get in there and you, you will die a few times, but once you find out that like, Hey, if I stand at this spot while the guy is turning around, he can't hit me. So I can just kind of stand there and get some hits off of him while he turns around and it makes the whole experience better in my opinion.
2: Yeah. I mean, Every time you get into a Dark Souls game, there's going to be a point where you're like, I can't take any more of this. I've died this too many times, or I've uh, just had to deal with so much crap for this much time that i got to stop. And I've hit that point a couple times, but I always get back to it where I'm like, I want to do this again. I have to beat it, or I want to try something new. I have started like four characters already,
0: Mm -hmm. just because
2: I'm like... I got I beat the game with my normal um uh long sword and then a shield and I'm like well they really did some really cool things with um dual wielding um dex swords and stuff and I really want to try that out or there's a really cool um and there's a lot of ultra great swords and normal great swords in this game so I'm going to try that out with a different build and I think the replay value on this one especially oh, it's is great, really cool, yeah. And there's a lot you can do. And I mean, but if you don't want to know the story of this game, you don't have to. You can just blow through the game without talking to anyone. You don't have to talk to any of the NPCs. Really, you can if you want to.
1: Um, it's useful too. They have uh, some some they have some quest lines that are hard to figure out. Like they're very obscure. But like if you can accomplished quest lines you can usually get some pretty good loot from them
2: yeah the i i just always i just always thought it was really cool in the dark souls games how it to find out the story of the game you have to actually put effort into it it's not forced upon you you got um, you got to read item on,
1: descriptions yeah
2: the history of this game is not forced upon you you have to go figure it out yourself and there's still it's not all Um, like, it's not all specific. It's It comes to a lot of, like, speculation. There's no 100% guarantee this is what that means. And I think that's really cool. And in Dark Souls 3, there's a lot of tying back to Dark Souls 1 and 2 um, with the characters and the NPCs. And I know that I'm pretty sure the smith in this game... Is he, either related to or he is a Smith. He from... he is the
1: same Smith from Dark Souls 1. That's what I thought. Same yeah. person. And there's also I know... um the lady back at Firelink where you buy items. I think she is this one of the same hags at the start of Dark Souls 2. I thought so. I don't know if there's information on that, but she's very similar. And
2: um if you if anybody ever wants to find out the Lore for this game. Um, someone who I have watched uh, through Dark Souls One and Two um, for the lore of the game, he does it really well. Is Epic Name Bro on YouTube? And I know right now he's doing a blind playthrough of Dark Souls Three. So he's not. He's still doing. He's reading item descriptions and speculating on what the story is. But he has not like gone to other sources besides what he thinks himself. But I know for sure that he will eventually do that. And he just, he knows, like, almost everything there is to know about Dark Souls 1 and 2. So if you ever want to really learn the story about it, definitely go to him. Because he knows, He I mean, he has videos on Dark so he has so many videos on Dark Souls 2. And I learned so much by watching um, his playthrough and the... The story is so in depth in it, and I know it is in Dark Souls 3, too. I just haven't put too much effort
1: into finding out what it is. Dark Souls is like the best, least obvious, obscure story ever in a game. Yeah. Like, if, if you don't actually pay attention, you will actually miss everything that's going on. And that's, that's totally okay because you're not always supposed to know what's going on. Like, a lot of Dark Souls to me is being lost and then trying to overcome being lost by figuring stuff out either through a little help from someone else or on your own either way it's you overcoming a challenge that's that's dark souls and I'm not out sure there and like i like how you described how dark souls 3 basically just met your expectations there was nothing about it that was disappointing at all everything works everything is looks great and i like how you mentioned there's a good build diversity too i myself Decide I was going to do something different rather than just going through like a strength playthrough or a dexterity playthrough. I was actually, I actually planned on going through the game focusing on the luck stat and relying on finding cool items to get me through the harder parts of the game. And it's been working out very well so far. Actually, I'm almost done with it, so I'm I'm pretty proud of that. Using uh, my lucky sword. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like and... what kind of game lets you max luck and get through the game?
2: Yeah, it's not easy. And going back to the story, I just, like I like to point out that like there's a lot of things we have to read between the lines. Like I know you've noticed a couple times where certain enemies will be focusing on something else other than you. Instead of getting aggroed right away, they'll be doing something and it takes you to interact with them to become for them to become distracted. Like there's points in the games where like do- the dogs are like eating something, and you pick up the item, and it has to do with something about the dead person, and that's how the story is connected through things. And like you have to read into that. It's, and I mean when someone dies, some I know no spoilers, but when the when you kill someone in a certain spot, his body or not his body, but a body will show up with new items in a different part of the map where he would be related to Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and it's just it's just so interesting the way miyazaki and the and from software do that and it just makes me even more excited for the new games they can come out with
1: i absolutely love their games i'm so happy to be here playing through it and i'm probably going to play through this game at least a few times with different builds uh I might even go back and play some of their older games, too. Like I, To this day, I absolutely love Dark Souls 1. Dark Souls 2 was great still, despite its flaws. I haven't just played through Bloodborne as well. Like I love that series, too. So as long as they're making good games, I'm going to keep playing them. Uh, Dark Souls 3, definitely, no doubt, it's one of the, the best they've done. For me, personally, I think I would rate it just under the first Dark Souls. But I think a lot of that has to do with my my nostalgia for the first dark souls and how those bosses to me are completely unforgettable. And the challenge of that game is probably a little harder than this one. And there's just something special about overcoming those challenges. Yeah. But yeah, like if you're, if you've never played a dark souls game and you want to just, just do it. You, you probably won't regret it.
2: Yeah. And you don't have to, like I said, this story, you don't have to know the story. So if you just want to jump in at dark souls three, You can do that easily. Oh yeah! It is going to be difficult. The combat is. I've had a lot of people tell me like they've tried a Dark Souls game, but they can't do it because the combat's different. That's so difficult, and it's different from other games. But I recommend no when you for these games do not be afraid to go look up someone
1: who's played it or. um, I'd only recommend blind playthroughs if you're a veteran.
2: Yeah, it's it's. Really hard to come into one of these games like totally blind and not know anything about the combat and try to play all the way through. You're gonna need some help, and it's okay that you're gonna need some help.
1: No one will judge you if you said you had to summon someone to defeat a boss or anything. Like, that's fine. We understand we were all there at some point. If I didn't summon people for the first Dark Souls, I don't think I would have ever gotten through it. And if yeah. I didn't look up guys, I would have never gotten through that game. Like, I I had to do it, but now that I've actually gotten through it, I can go back through it on like new Game plus or whatever, and have a great time
2: It's just it's it the community of it, and everyone's just trying to get through the same thing. No one's gonna be like, I can't believe you didn't make it through the game uh without help I mean with no help, and like that's what that's literally what the multiplayer is there for, so you can summon someone to help you fight this really
1: tough boss. Absolutely. Uh, we're running a little short on time, so let's go ahead and kind of go through some of the notable releases of the month quickly, kind of talk about the Metacritic scores that they have or the average review score. And then we can go ahead and preview next month and sign off, but, uh, big releases for the month include the release of the HTC Vive virtual reality headset. I know. The reviews of that have been positive for the most part. I don't have like a you know, an average score, but generally it's been positive and it's supposed to be the best of the virtually reality headsets that are going to be available. So it's good to hear that it works. <laughs> um, Quanta Break came out on April 5th for PC and Xbox One. It came out to like an average Metacritic score of 77, although I heard that the PC version was busted and wasn't properly displaying high resolution textures. That's unfortunate to hear, but uh it's a competent third person shooter of cool like time bending mechanics. And one of the cool things was that the instead of like cutscenes, the game has an actual T V show that's within it. So the cutscenes were actually live action like a live action television show that would happen between chapters. Oh, that's
2: that game. I heard about yeah, that. Yeah, it was
1: that game. It was pretty cool. Like some people say that the the TV show was really cheesy, but <laughs> I, I thought it meant have a good effort. Um, another game was on April fifth. Enter the Gungeon. It's a uh, how do I describe it? It's like a it's like a Binding of Isaac kind of game where you go from mm-hmm. like side to side and you shoot things and you find items and upgrade your shooting mechanics. So I heard that was really good. Uh, Of course, you know, Dark Souls 3 is another one. We talked about that in length. That came out with very good reviews. It averaged like a a 90 on Metacritic. Uh, Good reviews, definitely. Uh, Another classic that's returning is the reboot, I guess you could say, of the Ratchet & Clank series. It's a PlayStation 4 exclusive. came out to positive reviews at 86 out of 100. I've never gotten into the Ratchet & Clank games, so I don't really know how this one matches up but apparently people are liking it. Uh another game that came out on April 12th is the is the park. It's kind of a horror game based off of well, the funny story with the park is that it's a game that was created because of people that were inspired by a certain area inside of the cult classic MMO, the secret world I think. Where inside of the MMO there was actually like a haunted amusement park. And this game is literally just like a remake of that amusement park in a first-person perspective where you walk around in it. That was interesting. That sounds- <laughs> I'm not, not
2: very big into horror games, but that sounds I was, interesting. I thought
1: it was interesting that the game was like inspired by an actual area from another game.
2: Yeah. I mean, I can see how... I'm surprised that hasn't happened more often because... I know there are a lot of people, especially on YouTube, that are like, I love this part of this game. I wish they would have made this part even bigger. And I know I've thought about that in um, in certain games. I can't come up without, w- with any specific um,
1: instances right now,
2: but I know I've definitely thought about that in some games.
1: It's, it's cool that they did that. Uh, another thing that came out was the Wasteland Workshop DLC for Fallout 4 the reviews of that have been generally negative but I think that has to do with the fact that it's kind of lacking the content and all it really did was add new craftable items to the game nothing that actually affects the game in any meaningful way uh, yeah
2: people want more what they pay for and yeah, it was like a $5 actually...
1: DLC that you that was included in the season pass so it's it's whatever if yeah. you're gonna go and buy it, I don't think it's recommended, unless you really want to create a, a fighting pit and put Preston in there with a Deathclaw. Then feel free to. We all want to do that. It's a- I need to do that. Uh, the Banner Saga got its sequel, The Banner Saga Two. It's a really cool art style themed strategy game. I think it's a PC only game. Uh, good music it has like a fantasy setting to it. That's out. Uh, then there was Battlefleet Gothic Armada that came out on April 21st. Two generally positive reviews. That's I think it's a like a big open space Battlefleet fighting game based off the Warhammer franchise, where you you take like the giant fighters and you wage war against other fighters.
0: So it's pretty, cool.
1: it, it looks pretty cool. Uh, the newest addition to the Far- Star Fox series came out Star Fox Zero for the Wii U. The reception of that has been generally pretty negative people are saying that the motion controls that are kind of forced into the game hurt it more than it helps and some of the star fox fans are kind of upset that it's literally just a copycat of the star fox 64 game like the story and planets are basically just ripped straight from that so it's a bit unfortunate to hear that the town didn't really go above and beyond with that game it's just there for those who really like star fox uh, then the second episode of the 2016 Hitman game, uh, Sp- spenza, I think that's how you pronounce it, came out. People are saying this is the, the better part of the 2016 Hitman that have come out. We talked a little bit about episode one in the last episode. So episode two is out now, and it's uh, it's apparently pretty good level-wise. So if you wanted more of that, it is out. And are then, you planning on playing that? I don't know. Uh, if I'm really in the mood for a Hitman game, I may go buy and download that. Or I may just replay through the uh, previous game. I don't know. I haven't felt the need to. But uh, I think what I am going to play through is the newly released King's Quest Chapter 3. I played through the first chapter of the game. It, it's charming. It's a, it's a uh, modern remake of the classic Queen's King's Quest series. Which is uh, old school action like an old school adventure game, the kind where you have items in inventory and you got to walk around and solve puzzles and the puzzles are generally pretty complicated and nonsensical, but the modern remake kind of fixes that a little bit. It's almost like a mix between the old school and the Telltale games. So I've been enjoying that a bit. I may may make some videos for that. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's kind of April in a nutshell right there. I'm sure there's plenty to like. However, uh, next month... It's looking pretty insane. A couple of games to look forward to in May include Battleborn, if you were a fan of that. I'm probably not going to look into it too much. But uh, Uncharted 4, A Thief's End is coming out on May 10th, I think. I'm looking forward to that. The the Uncharted series is always a spectacle to behold. And then the, the 2016 version of Doom, the remake, is coming out. I'm hope I'm hoping that the single player is better than the multiplayer for that. Uh, apparently, there's a new Homefront game coming out called Homefront Revolution. Did you ever play? Did any of uh, ever play through the first Homefront game?
0: I played the beta, I, or not the beta, but the demo for Homefront on 360.
1: It wasn't terrible. It wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. To. I it's I enjoyed it. It's just a shooter, right? It's a pretty run-of-the-mill shooter. Like the, the main concept is that it's what if you were playing in a version of America that was overrun by Korean, the North Koreans and you're like hostages to the North Koreans. Oh.
2: Interesting. That's yeah, basically so like what that new, is. Um, what's that movie? Ah, oh, never mind. It's uh,
1: this I know which one you're thinking of, but I can't think of the name of it right now. Anyways, uh, I think yeah,
2: Wolver- the Wolverine's movie.
1: Yeah, that was it. <laughs> uh, I think the big game that we're looking forward to next month is Overwatch. Uh, the beta for that yes. comes out in a couple of days, so I think I'm gonna be live streaming it. I don't know if you guys would be a part of that or not, but I will be playing it. And if you guys want to tune into that, there will be plenty to watch. And Overwatch is awesome. Please pay attention to it. It's awesome. I like it. Uh, more games coming out include. TMNT: Mutants in Manhattan, which is a teenage mutant ninja turtles game made by Platinum Games, which uh for those that don't know, they've done stuff like The Legend of Korra, Transformers, and uh Metal Gear Rising. Those are some games they've made. And then last but not least, we have uh, Total War Warhammer, which is a sci-fi fantasy sci-fi strategy game based on the Warhammer series. Is there anything else you guys want to add? Because I think other than that we've covered everything.
0: Not um, to my knowledge.
2: Nope, I think that's it. Um I mean we had a pretty packed month, but this was a packed month. It.
1: Uh next month is gonna be crazy too because looking forward to June. That's when E3 takes place. So we may be doing a little bit of predictions for E3 next episode. Uh, tune in for that if you want to see what we think is going to be happening in the, the gaming industry for the rest of the year but until then I think we're going to sign off and I hope you guys enjoyed the show yep see everybody next month goodbye
0: yep wake me